welcome to RCA Radio, a podcast covering the latest news and challenges in regulatory, compliance, and quality assurance facing the life science industries. I'm your host, Brandon Miller. Today we are covering virtual audits and inspections. Companies in almost every industry across the world have had to adjust due to the pandemic by moving key face-to-face activities into a virtual platform. In this episode, we'll be discussing virtual audits and inspections, how the FDA is performing these audits and inspections, as well as how companies can prepare for this type of remote work. Today, I'm joined by Steve Lynn, who is RCA's newly appointed Executive Vice President of Pharmaceuticals, and he used to work for the FDA. Steve, welcome. Hi, Brendan. Nice to be here. Nice to have you here. Thank you for joining me. I know you're taking time out of your busy schedule, so we'll jump right into it. Now that the pandemic has forced most people to work from home for about seven months now, more and more things have been moved into a virtual format. With that being said, what exactly are virtual audits and inspections, and why should people be aware of them? Sure. I mean, bottom line, virtual audits or inspections are exactly how it sounds like. They're done virtually, so they're not on site. Um, They're done, you know, either via computer or video, videos conferencing or remote reviewing through some kind of electronic means like an electronic shared e-room or SharePoint or something like that. Why should people be be aware of them and know about them is because various health authorities around the world, um, specifically this conversation, the FDA, is starting to use them more and more and more. FDA is definitely, they're not saying they're using this as a replacement for an inspection, um, but they are using uh, their statutory authority, which was granted under Section 706 of the uh, Food, Drug, Administration, Safety, and Innovation Act of 2012, which gives them the ability to, and I quote, obtain certain records and other information from drug manufacturers in lieu of or in advance of inspections. So they have the statutory authority to do it, but I think at this point they're not saying they're going to completely replace on-site inspections with virtual ones. Um, so that's why companies should definitely be prepared for it, understand it, and um, be prepared to live live through it when it happens. It sounds like the FDA has been prepared for situations like this that we're going through today. And with that being said, how will they select companies they perform inspections on, especially now during the pandemic? Yeah, good question. So with that, FDA is still doing risk-based site selection for their inspections, um, but it's taken on a different flavor with the pandemic, uh, specifically to not only protecting the manufacturing site and the personnel at the site, but first and foremost from the FDA protecting their own investigators. So in July, they sent out an announcement saying they're using a rating system uh, that's assisting them in determining where and when it's safest to conduct, and they call it a prioritized domestic inspection. So what they're looking at is, you know, the COVID rates in that specific area of, in, in this case, in the United States. So where's where are the rates high, and they're using CDC data and so forth. And then they decide, you know, where is it mission critical to do these inspections. Um, and with the, the, the overall caveat that these inspections will be done to protect the FDA staff and also the site personnel. Uh, the big thing about all this with FDA is they also said they will pre-announce these prioritized inspections. So historically, you know, in the United States, domestic drug inspections are basically surprise inspections. In this case, they've switched it around to say they're going to pre-announce it. And they've done that for a couple different reasons. Number one, it's so the site can have personnel available. 
uh, for the inspection. The site is prepared ahead of time so then neither the site or the FDA waste their time. Because um, you know if you're getting an inspection now, it's one of these, as I said before, prioritized mission critical inspections. So it's important for the public health of the United States as deemed by the FDA, and it's important for the site to have the inspection. So that's how they're selecting. But it's, it's risk-based completely right now, as, as it's always been. Um, and then, you know, turning it into a public health priority. And then there's various reasons for doing that, whether it be something for COVID, a COVID drug, like a pre-approval for one of the vaccines or so forth, or something else where they've seen or heard uh, some kind of data or indication that there's a problem with a manufacturing site or so forth that they need to go and do an inspection. An example would be some kind of complaint, some kind of adverse event that might happen where they you know, feel it is a public health priority to go out and do the inspection. That's a couple examples. So it sounds like they're kind of sticking to what they've been doing, but obviously there's more preparation in these virtual audits. Exactly. Yeah, there's more preparation, and again, they're taking in the uh, basically the the COVID kind of rates around the specific areas they want to inspect. So like for instance, in the, you know in one state, if the COVID rate's really high, they might not go to that state. They might try to do something else instead of doing an on-site inspection um, or even a hybrid inspection, which we'll talk about in a little while. So with that being said, how does the FDA conduct these virtual audits and inspections during the pandemic and what kind of tools are they using to ensure that these audits and inspections are done properly now that everything's been kind of moved to virtual format? I think first and foremost, FDA is not going to conduct a purely virtual inspection, I don't think at this point. Um, they said, you know, they publicly said that they will, this, you know, virtual will not become the, 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 the replacement for an on-site inspection. So I think firms should prepare ahead of time to have, you know, some type of virtual inspection, but it's hybridized, meaning sometime on-site, sometime off-site. Uh, for instance, you know, investigator comes on-site to do the facility tour, uh, maybe does some, you know, interviews with certain staff, collects documents, and then they do a lot of uh, remote review of documents off-site um, in a safer environment. I've also heard stories where the investigator might come on for the inspection, but if it's a nice day, some of them have gone outside to do and to do a review of documents or some kind of interviewing and so forth. But firms ahead of time should uh, prepare for some time, I would say, a hybridized approach. Uh, and this is also not the FDA. Other, other health authorities have publicly said they're doing these type of approaches as well. Which other health authorities are doing these types of inspections? Sure, I think one, I mean, other one well-known regulatory authority or health authority that's doing these is the MHRA in, in the UK. Um, they're doing, talked publicly recently, and there was some trade press where someone quoted some of the MHRA people and FDA people talking about this. MHRA was talking about doing, of course, risk-based site selection as well, which they have done historically, just like the agency, but also doing these hybridized approach and figuring out the best way to do the inspection, what they need to see on site, how long they need to be on site, and if how much they can review off-site. EMA as well, I've heard, has done these in the past on the pre-market side. So um, where I've heard EMA has actually done purely virtual inspections using a lot of, you know, using the Microsoft Teams or the Zoom and some kind of online shared room like a SharePoint like we mentioned before, but also using video cameras to, to you know, have the facility people walk them through the facility so they can see different things or asking them to look at something and or go here or go there or do this, do that kind of thing. 
Of course. Yeah, it sounds like that's kind of the trend um, with these health authorities is starting to move into these virtual hybrid formats sure. um, and doing as much as they can remotely. And I think, you know, one point to, 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 to keep in mind for our listeners is, you know, remember these regulators are all connected. More and more and more every day they're more connected with each other. So they're contrasting, comparing best practices. So I think, you know, over time you're going to see, you know, various regulators doing similar things like these hybridized approach on inspections or using different, you know, video capability. Like I said, the EMA where they've done a completely remote inspection before on the pre-market side. How can they use that on the post-market side? So, I th you know, I think these things, you know, you're going to see similar practices, especially along some of the bigger regulators. You mentioned best practices. What are some best practices that you have seen or heard of with virtual audits and or inspections? So, I mean, some of the best practices that come to mind is, you know, first off, a best practice is, is prepare ahead of time, um, knowing that, these things are, you know, they're going to pre-announce, but you're only going to have a, a finite amount of time to prepare for these type of inspections. So people kind of, you know, putting like some kind of project management plan in place where this is what we need to do to prepare before they come on site. When they're on site, this is how we're going to do things. Um, how you even arrange the front room where the investigator is sitting. How do you ensure the social distancing? I've heard, you know, some companies have had plexiglass on con huge conference tables to divide things up or removing chairs so people are for sure not to sit close to each other so that, that ensure that six-foot distance um, that the government continues to, to uh, talk about. Um, also, uh, you know, one thing I can tell you for sure is with the video, so using video in different parts of the facility. So what are you gonna use? Are you gonna use a phone? How in, in, in practicing with it, what does that video look like? Um, I mean, I've done audits before where people were walking through with an iPhone or a Samsung and the video's on, but their thumb's over the camera. So little things like that can mean a lot uh, in an inspection. So preparing ahead of time is key. Another big thing or that I would call best practice is checking your Wi-Fi capability throughout the facility. So you're, if you're gonna do video, whether it be you know, an iPhone or some kind of thing or an actual camera that's Wi-Fi, has Wi-Fi connectivity, making sure your Wi-Fi signal is strong throughout the facility because every facility has hot and cold spots. Um, one area that I've ran across that you know, can be quite problematic is in the engineering area where you have your boilers, where you have your water system and so forth. Um, it could be in the, you know, in the basement or somewhere else in the facility that's not well connected. There's not a lot of Wi-Fi. I've heard firms that have gone through ahead of time during their preparation and actually putting Wi-Fi extenders in throughout the facility. When they figure out they have a dead spot, they'll put one in to ensure it works and they have that kind of connectivity. Because I would say the goal in these inspections is to enable the investigator or inspector to go where they want, see what they want, when they want, how they want it. Um, so when you don't have good Wi-Fi connectivity and the video goes out, it can turn into, you know, not only problematic for the you know, facility, but you know, could be an annoyance to the investigator or the inspector, who, um, whatever health authority is doing the inspection at the time. So you want to make it as seamless as possible. Prior planning is definitely uh, one of those best practices, preparing, walking through the facility with your camera, making sure that you can see the video. And also having, you know, as 
even with an on-site inspection, you have a host for the inspection. Uh, and the same thing with a virtual, you have a host for that. Uh, we call it a virtual host um, that facilitates the inspection. And also, first and foremost, just, you know, having flexibility because, you know, things can be different they are definitely different during a, in a, in uh, during these kind of virtual inspections or hybridizing whatever it may be and each investigator is different so they each have their own nuances they want to see things differently they might ask for different things so it's definitely not always going to be a one-size-fits approach so ensuring that you have flexibility with your folks on site yeah. So you've talked you've talked about the preparation process and kind of the best practices when going through um, and preparing the facility. Are there any other things you could have in mind that you could recommend to companies when preparing for these audits and inspections? And what are some of the key differences between um, preparing for virtual audits versus preparing for a face to face audit? I'm going to ask the, the the latter part of the question first. So what's the difference? So you know, in an on site audit you're dealing with a lot of paper typically. A lot of, you know, you know, people typically read faster on paper than they do electronically. So you're gonna do be dealing with a lot of paper, making a lot of copies in the back room, stamping the copy and getting it to the front room where the investigator is reviewing it. So the re big difference is, I think, is gonna be a lot of electronic document review. So what that means is it, preparing ahead of time, for instance, basically thinking through the entire inspection from an electronic or virtual perspective, even if it is a hybrid type of inspection. Um, FDA mentioned it, one of the a tr recent trade press article from a conference they talked about, said to think about, you know, try to minimize paper by scanning files so things can be reviewed electronically. So, you know, multiple people aren't touching the same piece of paper, which is typically, of course, done on an on-site inspection. So little things like that, think it through. Um, so think ahead of time. Some of these other, other things that come to mind immediately is, you know, think about the key documents that, you know, the investigator, inspector, or even if you're doing it, you have an, an auditor coming in, what they're going to look at and prepare them ahead of time. So some things that immediately come to mind is, you know, list of deviations, list of kappas, list of change controls, you know, complaints, you know, for a certain period of times, like since the last FDA inspection. Those typical kind of first things, you know, the investigator is going to ask for. Um, you know, the validation master plan, you know, from the, the, the EU side, the site master file, things like that. Uh, and also, you know, think about other things they might want to see. Uh, and think about how long you know it's going to take to prepare because you think about batch records sometimes batch records as we all know can be quite voluminous so investigator especially if it's some kind of pre-approval side or even on the post market in the post market commercial side they're going to want to look at batch records so can you scan these ahead of time and upload them same with validation documents validation documents can be quite voluminous so what parts of that you know, do you, you, you want to scan versus have paper wise or can you get it all done ahead of time knowing that you know if they pre-announce an inspection it's only going to be a for a finite amount of time so going back to my original point, project management is key in this and having to hit and, and planning it out how you can do it in the right well and having a you know, cross-functional team come together at the site to, fi to figure out how to do it and how to do it in a seamless as possible fashion. Um, and also the other thing that comes to mind, you talk about a lot of documents going electronic, is also what kind of electronic uh, 
forum can you use to share these documents? Some investigators might want stuff on a memory stick. Other ones you could give access to a, like an online shared drive, a secure shared drive, um, and then ahead of time preparing those documents in that online drive. Even if you prepare it yourself and the investigator still wants it put on in some kind of memory stick that they supply or something like that, at least having it, uh, thinking it through how to actually uh, separate and kind of organize things um, instead of having them all over the place, like uh, batch record documents or batch documents or validations in the same place. And just how you organize things can save you a significant amount of time, especially during the inspection where the investigator is still going to come in or either on site or remotely, and you're going to get those kind of requests fired at you. I want X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and I want it to right now. So having that head, uh, prepared and thought through ahead of time will save you significant time and alleviate any kind of uh, any kind of you know disruption for the inspection. Yeah, it sounds like preparation is the key um, to preparing for any audit, um, and it it's especially important now with these virtual audits because everything is electronic. So you need to make sure you can transfer those documents. Uh, properly electronically absolutely so with these virtual audits and inspections um, is the FDA and other health authorities still requiring and covering all of the same material or have they had to kind of draw back a little bit compared to doing these audits face to face I would say yes I don't think the the material they're covering is going away or is being uh, taken away, put it that way. I think they're still covering the same materials, but at the same time, remember, they're doing these from a prioritized public health perspective. So they're going to come in and they're going to see what they want to see. Um, they're going to ask for that. And I think you know, coming from a risk-based kind of, they are selecting it risk-based, they're going to be inspecting risk-based. So, but I don't think that, you know, each investigator does things a little differently. Just, that's just the nature of how it works. So I think they're still going to be looking at the same type of things they've looked at in the past or, you know, reviewing it in the same fashion. So I don't think any of the material that they've looked at previously all on site is going to change from off site. That's why I said in the prior question, you know, think through what they might ask, what format they might ask it for and how you can better best prepare it ahead of time to hopefully kind of facilitate the inspection in a you know, more seamless fashion. Also remember that, you know, with these virtual inspections, FDA and other health authorities are using all their tools in their toolbox. So, I mean, as they use these tools, as anybody uses a tool, you get more adept at using it. So they're learning, they're gaining knowledge, and the lessons learned to make things more efficient and effective. So I think, you know, with this, it's going to, you know, they're going to continue looking for these same documents, maybe in a different format, different fashion, but they're going to continue looking at the same stuff. Elaborating on using every tool in your toolbox it brings me to my last question. Once the pandemic is over and things start to return to normal, do you think the FDA will return to doing all audits and inspections face-to-face -face again? Or do you think that they might still continue to perform some hybrid format audits now that they know they're capable of doing it effectively? I think the hybridized approach is here to stay. I think, you know, some firms might get the hybrid approach, some might get the full, you know, full on-site inspections. So I don't number one, I don't think on-site inspections are ever gonna go away. I think the 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 amount of material um, 
and what you can cover on an on-site inspection is, you know, is much better. And what you can garner from that, you know, reading body language or all the different nuances that goes into an on-site inspection where the FDA is assessing the state of control of that facility, I think, you know, is you can gain that much more efficiently on-site. Remote, I don't think, is going away. As I said before, you know, as they're using these remote tools, they're gaining knowledge. And as they gain knowledge, they learn where to be more efficient and effective. So as with the private sector, when efficiencies are found, they want to use them so they can capitalize and spend that money somewhere else more so they continue doing more inspections or whatever it may be. So I don't think it's going away from that perspective. I just think they're going to continue to learn. And ultimately with the FDA, they've had the statutory authority to do uh, these type of, this type of activity, remote reviews in, in lieu of, of an inspection um, since 2012. So they, I think, if anything, this unfortunate pandemic has forced the FDA and other regulatory authorities around the world to figure out how to do things a little bit differently. And it's, of course, and it's a lot differently now. Um, so I don't think it's going away anytime soon for it at all. I think, if anything, it'll become one of those many tools that the various regulators have in their toolbox to use. Yeah, having as many tools in your toolbox as possible is always a great thing to do as an uh, to have as an auditor to make sure that you're running and making these audits and inspections go as smoothly as possible. And kind of wrapping up here, do you have any final thoughts or comments on anything we've covered today? Yeah, sure. So first, thank you for your time, Brennan. And um, final thoughts. I, again, you know, prior planning precludes poor performance. So prepare ahead of time. Think it through. What could go right? What do you want to go right? What could go wrong? And how do you ensure that it doesn't go wrong? How do you build, you know, just like we do in industry, you assess it, where are your gaps? How do you fill your gaps? How do you mitigate those gaps? Same things go with preparing for these ahead of time. But also, you know, you can take the man out of the FDA, but you can't take the FDA out of the man. So as FDA has also stated in recent announcements, ultimately it's the company's responsibility to assure that the quality of its drugs or devices is there. And basically it's not a time to slack. Um, slack off and try to cut corners because it can and will catch up to you. Um, as you see, there's still compliance and enforcement actions uh, going on, uh, not only with the FDA, but other, other regulators around the world. So it will catch up to you. And ultimately, what will happen is patients will suffer, whether it be unfortunate adverse events or some kind of drug shortages. I mean, there's a multitude of things that can have, but ultimately the brand's going to suffer. Um, Preparing ahead of time for these type of inspections will help you ensure that number one, you can your inspection goes, you know, seamlessly without a lot of bumps. Um, prepare ahead of time for bumps because using any kind of remote technology, there's bound to be bumps. Um, I've said before, I think you know, Microsoft needs to have some kind of risk assessment around their Microsoft Teams application because sometimes that can glitch. You know, other other online you know, applications like Zoom can glitch. So prepare for that ahead of time. It's bound to happen. Um, and you know, that's where I said be flexible. But also, again, don't slack off. Uh, quality is a firm's responsibility. And I'll leave you with a quote that I've said multiple times. So as the saying goes, the bitterness of poor quality lingers long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. So going back to that, don't cut corners. Make sure you don't slack off. You're making pay products for patients that need these products and they deserve a quality product. 
and helping and getting ready for these type of inspections will make it all the better um, and make your, you know, much more seamless. Thank you, Steve, for taking the time and providing us with your insight. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of RCA Radio. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when we upload the next episode of RCA Radio. Thanks again.